The subtitle for this message is The Father's Blessing. Last week we were asked the Lord to cleanse our family tree, and today we're asking the Lord to bless our family tree, our family lines. And this was something that I knew little of uh, back when I was a youth pastor here. I told the story that in 1995, the Lord spoke to me and revealed to me that he was calling me into family ministry. And I, a couple years later, uh, Doc Shell was here to speak for several days, as he did a, a number of times uh, over the history of our church. Doc Shell is a, uh, was actually a, a pastor at Graffenburg Methodist while he was at seminary, and once he graduated, he went back to his, his uh, home area in Alabama and, and started a church there, and, and we've made friends, our church family and, and him and his wife, June. And we were always anticipating what is Doc Shell going to be, what's going to be his theme or his message when he came. And um, This was one of the first services of the week. It wasn't a Sunday morning or... or a weekend, it might have been a Thursday night, perhaps, and and I was sitting back in here, close to where Rita is right now, and and I, Lisa must have been helping with the kids or something, because because she wasn't with me at the time, and Doc really just built up his introduction. He said, "What I'm going to share with you tonight is one of the most powerful revelations in the body of Christ today," and he would go on to say, "What is happening with this theme tonight?" that people are getting set free, people are getting delivered and healed like I haven't seen in, in a long time. And he just kept, and I'm, I'm, my mind's just going, I'm like, what could this be? Some kind of, you know, new prophetic uh, thing we haven't seen in the scriptures? Is this some kind of worship, uh, you know, technique we haven't gotten into yet? Something about, you know, interceding because we're an interceding church and I'm just kind of waiting, anticipating what is he going to say next? And he goes, it is the Father's blessing. And I know for me, I bet most of us in there were just like, what? And then he ended up teaching and preaching and sharing. And for me, I remember it like yesterday because I had this burning passion and growing revelation about family ministry, but you could hardly find any resources on it. Uh, Books and articles and teachers and and uh, today, you'd Google that, you'd find books and preachers and messages on the Father's blessing all over the place over 20 years later. But it was so new and fresh, and, and I was like, wow, you know, the Holy Spirit is speaking this. This, this might be kind of new to us, but as he got into teaching, it's not new at all. And Frank Fig, uh, along with some other men, were sitting here around the altar at the end of the message, and Frank was about right here, and I came down that aisle, and I got on my knees to be blessed, to receive a Father's blessing, and it was so confirming of what God had been speaking to me, and so encouraging and uplifting, I just, I just wept. And today, we're going to offer that to everyone here as well, uh, that Father's blessing. It's a, something from heaven, it's also something from which God likes to use, spiritual fathers. The word blessing is if, uh, from the Baruch is, uh, from the Hebrew is Baruch. 
It means endued with power for success, for success, long life, and fruitful living. The imparting of divine favor and grace. God created blessing as another means to pour out his grace. In Ephesians 1, the Apostle Paul refers to grace as these are the riches of this grace that he likes to lavish. He lavishes on us. And blessing, and specifically the Father's blessing, is, is another one of these. He just, he just I, I want to bless you. I want to give you more grace. And that grace empowers us into what God has for us in our life at that time. This is nothing new. It's so old. It's so ancient. It goes back to creation itself. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says that God bless them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That even in creation, he said when he created man and woman, he blessed them. And that was to, for them in that day and their future and their, their generations to come. This is a blessing to go through you into the next generation and on and on. Unfortunately, in the history of Genesis, what happened to mankind? They became violent. They became godless. And God actually was sorrowful that he created man because the blessing didn't flow through. Like he designed it, like he created it to do. And, and so he wiped man with, with the Noah's flood. He, and he started again with another family that did have grace on them, did have the favor of the Lord. So I'm going to do this again and let these blessings go from generation to generation. It became part of God's people, the Hebrews, and their understanding that, hey, in one of the functions of the Father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, is for the blessings to pass down to each generation and, and keep going. Uh, Isaac was uh, near the end of his life and he knew he needed and wanted to release that blessing onto his sons particularly his oldest who is Esau and he told Esau go and go and get uh meat and go hunt and because and present it to me and I'm going to give you the blessing of the birthright for the oldest son and Esau went but Jacob, whose name means uh, supplanter, it means to go seize and take. He, that was his open door, and Esau had already sold him uh, the birthright to him. And so he took that open door, and he went in there and disguised himself. And he received the spoken birthright over the oldest child. It was spoken. It was done. Esau couldn't go and, and get it later. It was done. It was given to Jacob. If you follow Jacob's life in general, he ended up leaving at that time. He knew Esau would come after him and be so mad. And with that 
a skillful bow and skillful knife that Esau was on her would, would kill him. And so he fled and he went to his mom's people, hopefully to find a wife. If it's a long story, I won't get into it. He had to work extra years to get the woman he really loved. And he ended up having two wives, uh, Leah and Rachel. And, and, and God blessed him there. He prospered. Even in drought, he prospered and his sheep prospered. And, but then it was time to leave and he, he left quickly. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, the, and again, and, and kind of taking the opportunity, seizing it and going and, and, uh, and his father-in-law was after him, said, what are you doing leaving? What are you doing just taking off? And, and he knew that he could be in danger. And once he left, he would have Esau that he'd have to travel by and, and Esau could kill him. So he was kind of pinned from back and from danger with people that he had seized from and was a supplanter and his life was in a, in, a, in a dangerous place, kind of hopeless. And then one night, this man who was actually the angel of the Lord, which is the Lord himself, showed up. Jacob realized this is no ordinary man. This is someone greater than me, someone more powerful than me. Before you leave this night, I want your blessing. And he wrestled with this being all night long. It's in Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. Jacob said to the man he wrestled, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the Lord Jesus himself ended up saying, I'm going to bless you. In fact, I'm going to change your name from Jacob to Israel. And my people, your descendants, the blessing is going to flow on down and all the Israelites and, and the blessings to, through my son Jesus, the Gentiles who come into the promises of God through my son Jesus, you're going to receive, they're all going to receive this blessing I'm giving you tonight. And your name is no longer Jacob, but it's Israel, the man who the one who wrestles with God in triumphs. Jacob, when he was old in age, he blessed all 12 of his sons. He called out in uh, Genesis 48 to Joseph, who had lived in another land, Egypt, but he was still his seed, his descendants. He was going to bless them, and he said, bring those sons to me so I may bless them. You know, I've thought, and I don't know all the answers to this, and I can't find it really in, in Scripture an exact, exact reason for this, but I have a little suspicion. I think I know why it's the Father's blessing. One, it, it mirrors our Heavenly Father in heaven because it's really a joint thing. It's a, it's a heavenly blessing, but it's also through an earth, a natural father or a spiritual father. So there's a, there's a partnership there the way God designed it. But there can be an eyewitness to who the mom is. Because at birth, that baby's coming out of that woman. And there's an eyewitness. Yeah, we know who the mom is. But we're not sure who the dad is. The dad might not be there when the baby's born. Because the father says, that's my daughter. That's my son. They're for me. I, I want them. I want them 
is part of my family. I don't disown them. In fact, Jesus says that the heart of the Father is, I don't leave you as orphans. I come to you. I make my home, my abode with you. Talking about how close he is by his spirit. That's, that's, the, that's this intention here that God is so close. He's your father and he makes an abode in our hearts with him. And this father said, that's my child. That's my son. He belongs to me. That's who his identity is. He's in my family line. And the blessings from my family line will continue and go through her, go through my daughter, my son. That's why God likes and uses in Scripture, describes our salvation with him as Gentiles, as an, as an adoption. That he pursued us, come after us. He claims us. He said, no, I want you in my family, in my family line. I want the promises to come through me to you. I want you in my family. I adopt you. Come on in. You belong to me. And there's an identity that comes with that. I don't know if you guys remember the little book by Bruce Wilkerson called The Jabez Prayer. And in it, it's very simple. It's just a short little prayer, but it's, it's a powerful one because Jabez, when he was born, it, he, it, his mom had a lot of trouble, so she named him uh, Jabez, which means sorrowful. Thanks, Mom. What destiny you gave me. Every time you say and everybody else yells out my name, you're saying sorrowful. So who did he turn? He turned to his creator, his heavenly father, and said, I need another blessing. Because that one's not going to do. And he said in his prayer, he called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I might, may not cause pain. And this is in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10. So God created granted him what he requested. God wants to bless us. Even if for some reason our family background just was full of, of hurt and pain and curses being passed down, it is right for your heart to go to God and say, Father, do you have? Yes, I have many blessings for you. I created you. You're mine. You belong to me. And I have blessings for your life and your family and your destiny and your family line. I was reading that book. I don't know if you remember this. I still remember it like yesterday. But in the opening chapter, Bruce Wilkinson, who is a well-known uh, Bible teacher and author and, and pastor, said his, his uh, I'm going to say in the 20s, I can't remember exactly, but one of his son, whose son's in his 20s, a young man, came into the living one day as he's just sitting in this lazy boy, you know, relaxing. And he said, fell down on his knees, said, Father, I want you to bless me. None of his sons had done this before. He hadn't really thought about it much. And he said again, Father, I want you to bless me. And so Bruce sat up and he put his hands on his shoulder or his heads and he spoke blessings over his son. My journey was a little different, but God got that special blessing to me. Uh, I had read that book and this is like 2002 or so and 
So my parents were visiting us. We were living in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania at the time. And, uh, uh, and just one afternoon, you know, right at, just surprised him, came up to my dad and said, Dad, I want you to bless me. I want you to give me a father's blessing. And my dad is, is a, a gentle man. He is a man that expresses his love through serving and, 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 and being uh, alongside of coming alongside us in many ways. And he was a little startled. He was a little surprised. He was like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do. He asked for, re- some, for some resources. I gave him a couple names of books. He read one of those books and I got a letter a few weeks later. My dad wasn't a theologian. He wasn't some big Bible teacher. It was a, just a kind, friendly, loving letter with a few sentences of blessing in the middle. But I have kept that letter. I've read over it after he died. I've read it this weekend. And it still has... In doing power, it still encourages to me. It still lifts me up. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be eloquent. Just from a father's heart, confirming that the heavenly Father and my Father wants to to bless me. Spiritual moms and dad, you're important, important, and I'm. Still working on it. If you have ideas, help me. We in this launching new family ministry, there is a ministry of the grandparent, of the parent in the spiritual realm. And we have some many praying grandparents in this body. That is a strength. We've got to utilize that in, in blessing the younger generations. We, we can't let that just hang and be random. Lord, give us wisdom how to bring fruitfulness to what you've given here in this, in this body of believers here. Like I said, that moment, Frank had no idea when he uh, put his hand on me and blessed me how powerful that confirmation would be for me that day. But others of you had touched my heart as well. Of course, Joel was not my earthly father. He's my father-in-law. But I became a spiritual son in his life, and I gained so much from his spiritual leadership both in ministry and in family but vernon magnus is a man that was one of the few that ever has kissed my cheek first time he didn't he didn't ask me he just did it in american you know western world that's not common that's not usual and i received it as a spiritual father Reflecting the heart of the Father of God for me as a son. And it's touched my heart. We want this alive and well in our families. We want blessings flowing really continually. Do you realize that in the Jewish home, there's, there's at the Sabbath celebration on Friday evenings, they have blessings for the family every Friday that are specific blessings for the family. 
We wonder why Jews, even though they're only 2% of the world population, among the wealthiest in the world, they, they hold 40% of those being the wealthiest in the world. See, a Jewish mindset is not just to go into an industry and get a job and work to pay the bills. They go into industry to own the industry because they know they're blessed. And that even in drought, like Isaac, God can bless us. So let's think that way. Let's plan that way. Let's, let's go that way in how we do work in business. I just want to mention a, a couple of examples. Parents, I don't have it up here, but jot these down if they don't, uh, if, to help you remember them. It's a spoken blessing that you want in your home on a regular basis. And I'll just ask you, when you, the meals you do sit together, I know it's, it's not three meals a day, probably. That would be really unusual in today's culture with everybody's schedules and, and time frames. But hopefully you do have consistent, let's say, dinners at that supper time together. I know there's sports events and church events and things that keep us going. But you grab it every chance you can And when you're together, you have a blessing over the food, giving thanks. There might be something going on in the family. You lift up to God. I know I get accused of praying too long and the food's getting cold. Come on, Dad. But if the busyness of life has just squished out the the, uh, times together around the dinner table and food and fellowship, find ways to say, At least these two nights this week, we're going to eat together. I want everybody to know it. Put it on your calendar. If you have to get that vigilant with it, do it. Because you do not want that time of that heart being thankful for God's provision and then the conversations that come in the eye. Get it in the calendar if you have to. If it's just getting pushed out over and over again and say a blessing. Uh, how about reading your bio, uh, the Bible to your children? I love what I'm seeing in, in Daniel and Parmela's home in Tulsa. Judah is two and a half years old, and they've been doing this now, I'm going to say, you know, five or six months or so, uh, maybe before that, maybe longer than that. I, I would probably a year, I don't know. But they read the Bible to them every night before they go to bed. I did this with our children and uh, Paul, Daniel, and Michael, we had twins, and then one came uh, three years later. We had them all in the same room, a set of bunks and then another bed. And so we would read the Bible together. We were young. It was children's Bibles, those little cartoon characters, and the story is, is shortened. But let me tell you, reading the Bible four, five, six, seven times a week in little kids' minds, they learn the stories. They know the names. And so when they're uh, a junior high and a teenager, young man, they've got the stories. God can bring them back and say, no, I need to choose this. Oh, this is wisdom here. No, that's not righteous because they have the stories in them. You need to consistently read the stories at home and then have a prayer at the end of that Bible reading time. That includes blessings and and prayers for the needs and concerns they have. Consistency, parents, we got to put the word of God in them consistently. But Judah, like I said, at least probably since he was two, you go in with him, you sit down, you get one of the children's Bible, you, he's sitting next to you, you read one of the chapters, and then he reaches over and he grabs the book. 
It's my turn now. And he grabs it from you. You can't read two stories. It's one. And then he just sits there and he just flips the pages. Like he's reading or something. He just flips the pages. And he just sits there for a while. It doesn't really matter how long. He just sits there for a while. And then he closes it. And then he gets his blankie and he runs in and gets in the bed. That pattern, see, it's just part of his routine. He knows we always read the Bible before we go to bed. And it, it's just habitual. And so those seeds are getting planted at a young age. So read your Bible to your children. Include a prayer at the end on a regular basis. Birthdays. I am known among my family and relatives that I like to do a time of encouragement for the birthday girl or the birthday boy. And that even anybody who's there, and this could be their friends, it could be relatives, that I like to find a way to go around the room and just say a word of encouragement over that person. I get harassed about it sometimes, like I'm embarrassing people. And I remember one year with Jana, she was a young teenager. She had a handful of girls over, and I thought, you know, am I going to embarrass her in front of these girls or not? And I was like doing the hee-haw, and I didn't do it. And later I realized in talking to Jana, she, she missed out on it. She wished I had done it that year like I had every other year. And that's what blessing is. Blessing is a dose of encouragement. We need encouragement as long as we see the day approaching. We need to be abundant in encouragement for one another. And this is just another way that the Father's blessing and to speak blessings daily that people are encouraged. We're going to have a rite of passage in February. We did this. uh, Chuck Stecker designed this for local churches. There are churches that do this around the world. And uh, where we as a uh, the adult community here want to just love on uh, the, the, the junior high, senior high and say, we welcome you into our, our adult community. We love you. We bless you. It's a very well-designed, and I need some help to develop some committees to get ready for that. So if you're interested at all, let me know. And, and we're looking at early February for that. And so today's Father's Blessing, I'm going to ask teenagers not to come down because there's another setting that is going to be specifically designed for you as a young man and a young woman, calling you out of childishness and into maturity uh, before the Lord. So that's going to be happening. But what, uh, uh, you know, what other mile markers at graduations Just don't say a prayer, but think about what to speak and proclaim and declare over that young person's life. A new job or a new set of career. What can you declare and say, God's blessing is on this and God's going to use you there. What about a wedding that the transition there and the mile marker a wedding is? Dads and parents, speak blessings over, declare them out loud. The birth of a child moving to a new Uh, a new location, a new home. Speak blessings as you settle into that new home. There's all kind of mile markers. But the daily blessing is still valuable. And over my children, uh, growing up, going to school, I said, the Lord blesses you to be a great student, a great friend, and a leader among your peers. And I would start start adding... uh, And Lord, may they experience the love of God today. I wish I just said, Lord, bless them with your love today. It's a little more of what a blessing is. It's not an ask. It's a declare, to proclaim the promises of God that are already there over my children. I 
got a big thank you from one of our international students. We've had international students live in our home from Korea and China. And when one of them graduated and lived with us over a couple years during the school months, she, well, it was one of the things she specifically thanked me for was those daily proclaimed blessings over her. I'm going to go quick just to convince you a little bit more how powerful this is. You know, Jesus took that ancient blessing and used it in his life and ministry. Mark chapter 10, verse 16, he said, And Jesus took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. And that physical touch is part of a blessing where you're, you're, you're passing on the goodness of God and you're touching them with love. I didn't realize this until I studied this a number of years ago. I know about uh, uh, the Great Commission out of Matthew, the end of the Gospel of Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, and then Jesus would ascend it. But Luke chapter 24, verse 51, has a detail in there about Christ's ascension when he was already resurrected and he, he went uh, and took his body up to the throne room of heaven And it says, while he, Jesus, was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So Jesus made it sure that it was the last words that came out of his mouth when his feet were on the ground. And then he even went lifting up. He's still blessing them. He's blessing them. Hey, what did he say? What was that? He got in the clouds. I couldn't hear him anymore. He was blessing them as he went on into his transition the reward that he earned to be back in the throne room again at the right hand of God his father but I want to tell you folks Jesus was both God and man and even Jesus needed a father's blessing twice in the gospels maybe it happened more than this there was an audible voice that Jesus heard from his father The first time is when his ministry was going to get started. He was 30 years old. And he went to John the Baptist in the River Jordan to be baptized like the rest of of the people. And John the Baptist recognized him as the Messiah and said, Oh, uh, shouldn't you be baptizing me? Uh, This is getting kind of, you know, I'm a little backwards. He said, No, everything in Scripture must be fulfilled. And Jesus went in the water and was baptized. And as it was happening... The Trinity showed up. There was a dove of the Holy Spirit that that came there. Jesus, the Son, is in the water. And then there's a voice that they could hear. This is my Son, whom I love. In Him I am well pleased. Saying, this is my boy, this is mine. He belongs to, to me. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that's the right name because he is, he's the Son of God. He's mine. He's not a loner wanderer. He's not, no, he belongs to me. And I love him. He's my beloved. Oh, I love him so much. We love each other. I just, I just adore my son. He adores you, sons, daughters. The Father adores you. And he's pleased with you. He's proud of you. He gets excited about you. Your efforts, even though they're small, your, your, 
your ways that you want to serve God and you try this and all that. He's just like, oh, I love it. They're so cute. Oh, goodness, goodness. I'm pleased with them. I'm pleased with him. And he's saying that to us today. So even Jesus, in his being fully man and fully God, needed that that fathering from the heavenly father. There's a prayer that that John Eldridge prays, even as a 40, 50-year-old, 6-year-old man. When he finds weak places, places of fear, places of, of a lack of confidence, of, of, he says, Father me. God, Father me. Pass on that blessing from heaven. Give me that identity in you. Give me that, may I sense your love and be confident of your love that's going to encourage me to go on and touch a deep place in my heart. I believe that this uh, prayer and blessing today is really is open to everybody. Well, you know, I had a good father. That's great. You, don't ha- you didn't have a perfect father. And even, well, he actually gave me a father's blessing. That's good. There might be something going on in your life where you might want another father's blessing today. Don't be forced to do this, but I'm just telling you, this is no age. This is really doesn't matter your background. I heard a story from Craig Hill who writes about this where he was actually featured on Sid Roth to talk about the Father's blessing, and he tells the story of a man in his 40s who said, hey, grandfather, I need you to bless dad. He's going through a rough time. Grandfather's like, what? Father's blessing? Yeah, well, you know, okay, I'll do it. You know, just tell me what to do. Grandfather got with his son who was in his 60s when in the middle of a divorce proceedings and spoke a father's blessing over this 60-some-year-old man, 65, I believe, and his inside it, it was set free. He was, he was touched by the father's love, and that was more than his earthly father. It was a heavenly father by the Holy Spirit, and he was touched and changed so deeply, his wife saw the change and dropped to the divorce proceedings. I don't know if you've heard this, Story, I've just watched it this week. Russ Taff. You guys remember incredible singer Russ Taff? He grew up in a Christian home. Uh, pastor was, father was a pastor, but he was an alcoholic. And mom and dad both beat him as a child. He found the Lord, and in the midst of all that, he kept seeking God, singing for God, and he uh, ended up, you know, being a, an incredible songwriter and worshiper in 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 his career and it was when he was very successful he had his first beer and second beer and felt the how it took pain away and he was like whoa this is taking some pain away and he got drunk that night for the first time as a successful uh man with his uh, at the peak of you know in the middle of his career he ended up being a secret uh, alcoholic where his kids didn't know it. And uh, he tried to hide it from his wife and did for a number of years. Can't do it forever. Ended up going to two different rehabs uh, and, and would get good, get straight, you know, off of it for a while. And, and, uh, and then go back. And this was, the, I think, the third. Again, I don't remember the details of the story perfectly. But 
the third time he went to a, a rehab and they really went into the wounds of his past. He hadn't wept so much just in, in, in all of his life and came home and the wife was actually already done. She had been planning that, I've, you know, we've done rehabs before, you know, it's just a matter of time, he's going to fall back. Um, and she had plans on how she was going to, you know, leave him and sustain her life and, 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 and move on. But Russ Taft tells the story, and in this, you can find this on YouTube. It's an over-an-hour kind of documentary on Russ Taft and his life and career and this testimony. And he said, uh, a friend of mine had said, hey, Russ, can you come over? Because uh, my pastor's father is like sick in, in bed, and he, he may pass away, and he'd love to see you. He's been a fan for you for years. Russ Taft goes to the guy's house, walks in, and his face reminds him of his natural father. And he's like, oh, do I even want to go in this room? He goes in the room, plays some songs, and the old man is getting tired, and so I, you know, I just need to kind of get out of there and let him rest. And, but he, for some reason, asked him, uh, the, the older man asked him, say, Russ, can you pray for me? He's like, well, I guess I can, you know. Said a short prayer, and at the end of his prayer, he said, would, would you pray for me? And this older man worked his way out of the bed, stood up, put his hands on Russ Taft. They have, a phone was filming this. They have this on film. And he starts speaking blessings and the love of the Father and how God is proud of him and how he belongs to the Father. And Russ Taft broke something on the inside and on his knees just wept and wept and received by surprise appointment a Father's blessing that came from heaven through a spiritual father. And he went home that day and the wife says, what happened to you? And she said that was the biggest turning point in their marriage that he really did have a future set free. I'm going to ask... um, some help to get some of the chairs set up here. We're going to have about seven places of prayer. I've asked uh, about seven men and either their friends or wives uh, or by themselves to join. And if we could just get these chairs uh, set up here as I give some instructions. I know again about age. Uh, there was in Dove Westgate in uh, my, the church I served as family life and youth pastor and Chuck Stecker helped us get this uh, uh, going in, in, uh, at that church. And there was a gentleman there who was so um, just fruitful in his life. He was 75. Um, he had a business and, and even a manufacturing company that he invented and developed. Um, if we could spread those out a little bit far to get some space because uh, we want to look like all the way around the corner and just gets, get more space yeah, around the corner, just take it around and, and get more space around there would be great. Thank you. And not only that with his business, but he was a Bible teacher and he developed Bible studies for Russian churches. And he had many small groups that would use his Bible studies and 
home groups, underground home groups in Russia. And you just wouldn't think this kind of spiritual giant, this fruitful man, but he said, I'm 75. I never had a father's blessing. And he came down to the front and received that blessing that night. So as you uh, come down here in a little bit, um, you want to uh, just come one at a time. I'm going to ask the praise team, uh, you know, to be available for music. But at some point, I want them to change to CD music so the praise team, the tech team can come out and, and receive as well. But you can come and either uh, sit on a chair or kneel or if you want to stand, it's up to you. But this person or this couple will ask you your, your full name. They'll ask you if you need to forgive your father. If you don't, that's fine. You just want to uh, have a chance to do that. If you say, yes, I want to forgive and release him. They'll anoint you with oil perhaps during the time. That oil represents the Holy Spirit setting us apart to be pure and holy before God. And then they'll just speak blessings over you. So I'm going to ask those who have asked to be part of the blessing stations, go ahead and come in and find your chair, find your spot. Those online, I hope this has been encouraging to you. And we have a phone line available for you to receive prayer. We also have uh, altar ministry teams here. And I'm going to ask them, they can, uh, we have one team available over here by the baptistry. If you want have a prayer need uh, about something in your life, if that altar team could go ahead and go over there and be available at any time this morning. That could be something in your your home, family, work, finances, physically, you need prayer for healing, then that is where you'll go for that. This is where you're receiving a blessing. You're not really sharing a prayer request uh, down here for the Father's blessing. Online, I want to tell you that this uh, phone line is available for prayer. And also, if you uh, want to ask for a Father's blessing, then ask them uh, for that and, and let the Lord use that phone call. But Realize you can call me anytime this week, uh, another pastor in our ministry, minister leader, and we will work with you to pray this with you at some point uh, sooner than later. So feel free. We don't want to leave you out of this. And yet this is the time where we're going to release uh, the live stream and let it go and let us focus here on the Father's blessing. And I know this has been a longer service in general. Things have just went a little bit longer. Thank you for your patience. And uh, if you can stay and receive and either pray for those who are up here or come up yourself at some point, great. If you have to go because it's getting late, we understand that. Again, feel free to con- contact me back. Or when is the time to receive a Father's blessing if you couldn't make it? Then we'll want to arrange that with you. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're here We've had that confirmed over and over during worship. Lord, you're here. And you're here 
to touch hearts, to set free, Lord, to establish the, the flow of the promises of God from your heart to your children who you love so much. So we thank you, Lord God, that you're here and you're more than enough for us this morning. Be blessed. Have a great uh, week if we don't talk. And in, in the hallway or, excuse me, the gathering place, there's still another chance to, to get sponsorship for Sparrow Missions. They're available for you there and encourage you to do that. All right. The Father's blessing.